Okay. Um, today is uh, Thursday, January 7th, 2016, and we're here for the Fiction Old and New Book Club, and tonight we're discussing uh, Marjan Kamali's book, uh, Together Tea. Um, Marjan Kamali was born in Turkey. Her parents were originally from Iran. Her father was a diplomat, and as a child, she lived in Kenya, Iran, and Germany. In 1982, her family moved to Forest Hills, Queens, New York. She now lives in Massachusetts with her husband and two children and teaches business writing at Boston University. Um, Marjan Kamali graduated from UC Berkeley with a degree in English in 1993. She married soon after college. She and her husband moved to Basel, Switzerland, where she worked as a scientific publications editor. When they moved to New York in the late 1990s, she attended Columbia University's MBA program. While attending Columbia, she got an idea which actually became the first chapter of this novel. She ended up going at the same time to both Columbia University's MBA program and to New York University where she got an MFA in creative writing. Um, Together T is her debut novel. The book was a finalist for the Massachusetts Book Award and has been translated into German, Italian, Czech, Slovak, and Norwegian. Uh, Kirkus Reviews said of this novel, sparkling dialogue and warm characters make Kamali's debut novel perfect for book clubs. And I'm just going to go over just a few of the characters um, to refresh everybody's memory about the, their names. Um, there's Mina, who was the daughter, and uh, Daria, who was the mother, and Parviz was the father. And then there was Mr. Dashti, who was the man that Daria set up on a matchmaking date with Mina at the beginning of the book. And coincidentally, Mr. Dashti was the older brother of Ramin, who was the, the man that Mina met when she was in Iran. Um, and then also there's Sam, who is the American man that Daria met in her continuing education class, and Bita, who is um, Mina's Iranian cousin. Um, and, um, of course, we want to see what everybody thought of the book. Um, I, I'm just going to say that one of the things that really stood out for me um, was her description of of living on the hyphen, which I never really thought of it before because she... You know, she talked about how people are Iranian hyphen American, and are they Iranian? Are they American, or are they really living on the hyphen? You know, sort of having one foot in in both countries. So I found that really interesting. Um, so why don't we see what everybody thought of of this book? Yeah, that is interesting because we have a friend uh, who who married a Vietnamese girl. And they have a daughter, lovely little girl, who's more American. But now that she's getting older, the, the mother wants her to, to really know Vietnamese culture, like visiting, go to school there, or at least go to Vietnamese school. There's, in Pasadena, there's a school. And uh, my friend, the grandmother, who has no say in it really, wants her to go to American school, the other school she was going to. So I understand living on the hyphen. I love the book. I thought it was great. I learned a great deal about Iranian culture. There's yentas in Iran as well as America. I'm one. I'm trying to match up this couple, but they're not listening to me. But uh, I thought, Daria, you know, we, we've got to do it right. I want you to meet Mr. Dusty or whatever. 
and they were it was just great. Mina, you know, she didn't like business school, and uh, she was great. It was it was, you really learn about um, Iranian culture. I wonder today if they still sneak listens to Western music. I'll bet they do. These kids in Iran, I don't care what the the rules when they have their party. You know, they close the windows and they pull let their hair down, and then they'd hear the the guard coming, and they they, they all suddenly the veils went on, and the women, you know, were subservient. But I, I hope today that something's getting through to that country, uh, even music. Well, since we're we're starting out talking about Iranian culture, um, I I took a few notes about some of the things that I learned from this book um, and it's, it's interesting my brother is married to a woman whose father is Persian who originally came from Iran and I was you know trying to think about some of the things that we eat when we go there for holiday dinners because they use this spice when they're very good cooks um, my sister-in-law and her father they make really good foods and they use this kind of spice and I, I don't know what it is it has a very different taste and when I was reading this book, they kept mentioning turmeric. And I said to myself, I wonder if that's what the spice is that I've been eating all these years. But they have some interesting customs. Like if you remember in the beginning of the book, um, Mr. Dash T came because he was set up on a matchmaking date. And they have this custom called tariff where they, you know, they do like exaggerated politeness and, you know, they, and they, they, you know, like much more than normal. And I thought that was interesting. And also um, when they were on the plane and they sat next to that woman and she started commenting about the stewardess and everybody on the plane started joining in, it was sort of like a community conversation. Also something that I, I'm not really accustomed to. And the funniest one I thought was at the end, at the wedding, uh, between Mina and, and Ramin, Ramon, um, where they asked her, do you take this man? And she kept, she said no, you know, several times. So they, I learned some really interesting customs about uh, Persian culture that I really didn't know. I, excuse me, I enjoyed the book quite a lot. I thought it was very timely in light of what's going on and being said in the national news that we should be reading about someone from Iran who is a member of an ordinary family just like our neighbors and I, one of the things though, I thought they were all quite wealthy I believe one of the boys was a doctor and wasn't, one was a lawyer and uh, she was in school studying what engineering or something I've forgotten but uh when they went back to Iran, all of those people seemed to be quite wealthy also. And I thought it was interesting that instead of saying she was from Iran, they would say they were Persian because people here don't sort of like people from Iran. I think they don't, but Persians is altogether a different thing. And talk about the food. Uh, we have a support group, and we're going to have a, a party in February, and one of our members are going to bring Persian cookies. I, I enjoyed the book. Uh, I, I wish uh, I wish I knew a little bit more. Uh, well, I guess like like, like Ladon was saying, I, I'm kind of stammering here, but uh, uh, she's obviously from a certain class in, in Iran, and. 
I, my sense from reading this was, you know, another country ruined by a bunch of religious fanatics. So I'm wondering how many people over there really support the revolution and uh, uh, the, that's kind of messed up the country, in my opinion. But but then this book is presented from from that particular uh, class's viewpoint, I think. So I'm curious uh, how it breaks down over there if you actually... I mean, it would probably be impossible to get a straight answer, but uh, uh, I, I, I hate to see a country where you got a bunch of religious fanatics going along trying to impose their their view on people, and yet these people hold up in their houses, you know, trying to, 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 to do safe behavior so they don't get, uh, in effect, terrorized by the, by, by the religious nuts. But, uh, 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 again, you know, I, I enjoyed seeing... Uh, at least that that side of it, uh, and 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 Ladon's right. I think that this was probably the, the, an upper class family uh, from Iran. But the, the the characters were all interesting. I really liked the dad. He he uh, he, he he was he was special. I thought, and uh, uh, it, it was good. Uh, I don't like Michelle. I, I enjoyed seeing the the various cultural elements, especially the <laughs> the over politeness and stuff that, that they would do. I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, it, it was a good book, uh, and, and thanks for, for recommending it. Well, I obviously really like the book, too. I think as far as the wealthy class, I would guess that if you didn't have money, you would not have been escaping Iran during the revolution. But I could be wrong about that, but I would guess it would have been almost impossible to get out without some wealth. Um, I thought it, it was so interesting when they decided to go back to Iran. You could just feel the tension building. I thought that the author did a really good job of building the tension of them going back. What were they going to find? Were they going to be okay? You know, because they were Americanized, were they going to be persecuted, et cetera, et cetera. There was a line in there somewhere, and I forget who said it, that Iranians want more America and they can't have it. And I think that's probably true. I'm, I'm like Alan. I hate to see a bunch of religious fanatics telling everybody else what they can and can't do, and it's become such a repressive regime over there. Unfortunately, it's it's really sad to see. And I also agree with uh, whoever said that they're telling people they're Persian when they're here because you just see so many yahoos in this country that they don't even need to hear what country people are from. They see brown skin and they think terrorist and they're just ignorant about it. So I could see it must be really hard trying to keep a low profile and avoid those people. Well, one of the things that, that, I, that I took note of in the story was um, – that Mina and her brothers had taken English lessons when they were in Iran, which I didn't know if that was typical. I would think that it would not be typical to take English lessons um, because they came to the country. Now, one one of the things that I thought that she did well was she showed that, um, which is very true, that a lot of times people are very well educated in other countries and then they come here and it's it's often very difficult for them to to get back to where they were. So when Parviz first came here, even though he had been a doctor in Iran, and that's actually how they got out of the country because they said, I think they said, I'm trying to remember who it was who needed medical reasons that they were leaving, that that was how they got out of the country was he made like arrangements that they could get out for medical reasons Um but he first worked in a pizzeria, so and um, Mina used to sit and do her homework there. So, you know, I think that, um, 
you know, it takes a while sometimes. He was lucky, I think, they, because they knew English. I think if they came here and they didn't know English, it would have taken him a lot longer to uh, become a doctor, um, you know, to take the test, obviously, if he doesn't speak English. And the mother was a little bit interesting also because she was a real math enthusiast. And I didn't know if she had – I couldn't really tell if she had had a job – or, or had studied math when she was in Iran. And it was interesting that it went down to her daughter who, you know, sort of, you know, they put the pressure, as they of, often immigrant families put pressure on their children to become very well-educated. And there was obviously a lot of pressure on Mina to, be, you know, to go and get an MBA. And one of the things that I thought was interesting also was that they were trying to matchmake for her but then they were, you know, she was going for this professional degree. So I, I didn't see with, you know, having a daughter become so well-educated yet have a more traditional uh, marriage situation. So there were a lot of, like, little details that I thought she put in the story. And when I learned a little bit about her, I thought some of it might actually be a little autobiographical as well. And I think somebody else has joined us. I'm going to just check on the microphone because I see we have a new participant. Okay, welcome, new participant, and I'll back off here in a second. I have an accountant whose last name is Sadat, and his children do use the mother's maiden name because they're Persian. And, uh, you know, uh, he... Is that you? No. What the heck is that? I better hang up. Something's going on. Okay. Well, I hope it works out okay. This is Don. You know, what's... One, I did really like the book. I was surprised, but uh, the uh, when they started, the daughter was going to college. She wasn't working, but she lived ne- nearby within a few blocks, but she was had her own separate apartment, so they had to have pretty good income to be living that way. They weren't working in a pizzeria anymore. Um, I, I met some people who had come out of Iran just after the uh, Shah... There was a fellow, I was learning computers, and, and uh, he worked for disabled students, and that's kind of a reader for me and a bunch, some were, he complained weren't too bright, but he had lost his pension working for the Shah in the government then, and he was in the United States, so they all, most of them I've met had pretty good money, and a lot of them were very adamant that they were Persian and not Arab, that's when I used to hear it, so... Uh, the, the characters, I think the guys were a little idealized, but uh, anyway, I think it was a very, very good story. Okay, sorry, my iPhone alarm went off. But anyway, very quickly, um, the I would be careful to fall into the belief that, let's say Cuba, if there was an election tomorrow that... that uh, President Bush or Obama would win. Everybody would vote for democracy. Remember, they're under that rule. They would vote for Castro. That's my opinion. It's my belief, okay? Because you're asking to reject a whole generation. And I know we want to believe that if the Russians would only hold an election, they would would adopt Western democracy. Uh, Don't bet on it. History, lesson over. Um, Basically, uh, with the, uh, the culture, remember, she grew up, Mina did before well, while the Shah was in power, and the Shah of Iran was terrible. You know, he executed people. He used a secret police. He finally, as you know, developed got cancer and 
flew to the United States and they, they exiled him and so forth. And the Khomeini's were, were worse, but they, the people didn't know what to expect. A lot of people liked the Shah. Amina did. And, uh, you know, as I remember. So it was, uh, she was in the middle of, you know, with the beginning of the revolution when she, as I remember it, when she was, uh, young there. And they would learn English, I think, with the Shah. He, he was, and that's the, another history thing Don would appreciate, I think, is do we support the dictator? Some are, there, there's a debate on that. Let's, let's support the dictator because he brings stability. You know, it's stable, but he's also undemocratic and kills people just without any, their rights. So it, it was, I think there was more to this book. This lady, and I think it was autobiographical, but uh, she makes you think a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I like the parts of the story where they went back to Iran because you really got a sense that this was a country that had a lot of rules, a lot of rules regarding religion, the way women should act, the way men should act, and you had to dress a certain way. And I thought one of the most touching scenes was at the towards the end of the story where Mina met, um, I'm probably going to say it wrong, it's Ramin, I think, not Ramon, and they couldn't walk together. They were not allowed to walk together because they were, you know, not related to each other. It wasn't her brother. It was her, her boyfriend. And they actually went by a tree and they put their hands around the tree and they just, like, touched fingertips at the end. And you saw how restrictive this, this culture really is. Um, and I wanted to welcome Donna. Um, so, you know, if you, if you want to jump in at any point, please feel free. Um, and I just wanted to mention some of the foods in the story. Um, as I said, my, my sister-in-law's father originally is from Iran. Um, and um, he also refers to himself as Persian. Um, and he eats a lot of pistachio nuts, and they're very big on pistachio nuts. And they drink tea, which is exactly what my sister-in-law does and her mother and her, and, and her father. Um, and they eat pomegranates, and they, use sour, they have sour cherry jam. Like sa- everything sour or sweet. Um, they have yogurt drinks, which is kind of a Russian thing also. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to ask my sister-in-law if t- turmeric is, is the spice that they use in the meat when they cook it because it's a really distinctive flavor. But I, I thought the foods were, were really interesting as well. Yes, I... Uh Nina was so felt so guilty throughout her life because she had asked her grandmother for pomegranates and that was why she ended up in that one stall where she got blown up. I guess that's terrible to happen in your family and it certainly would uh, be something that would last you your life, whole lifetime. Every book needs to have some kind of tension in it and in the beginning when she decided to go back to to Iran and she's standing there showing her passport and wondering if she's going to get by or anything I thought to myself what are you doing girl what in the world are you doing back there but uh, also remember that this is set back in the 60s and there's a lot of English spoken there, I've heard interviews. I heard interviews back then on the news and wondered, boy, those people really speak good English. And uh, so that's me for one now. I was wondering what you guys thought about Daria's friendship with Sam. It was so out of character for her 
being raised the way she was to have a relation, a friendship with a male that she wasn't married to. And she clearly felt self-conscious about it, not knowing what to expect from Sam, etc. I thought that was written very well because I don't think she intended to have an affair, but she still felt kind of guilty. Whereas Sam was just thinking, you know, that she was just a friend and he had no bad intentions either. Did you guys feel that way? I thought was thought that was a very interesting uh, part shows that you don't have to be in your 20s to be very flattered by flirtation and and that's what she was she was very flattered by this flirtation and at some point she began to feel a little guilty about it but uh just because she was in her 50s doesn't mean that she didn't like just a little bit of attention i i don't know i, I thought it was a, a I got a tad confused by because I never was really sure about what her intentions were. I mean, uh, I got the sense that she wanted, uh, she almost, she did feel kind of romantically attracted to Sam. But, uh, I mean, she ended up, I mean, not ever did anything. And I mean, they just, they had met for that coffee that time. But uh, uh, I, I was a little, I mean, she, Whatever attraction was, she sorted through it by the end of the book and stuff. But uh, I was a little, I was a little confused about exactly how strongly she felt about him. I think that it was, uh, uh, you know, what do you call it, middle age crisis bit. That she was, she was attracted to Sam, but also uh, her husband. Remember, at the end, he made friends with Sam, and then later he said. She said, "Thank you for understanding," or something. He says, "Oh yeah, I was, I was trying to be open." Because I knew you'd come back to me, you know, this kind of thing. And I, I remember when she married, uh, what is it, the, the father, she really didn't love him. It was a, it was a match, you know, she, uh, but, and she was kind of in a root rut. And then when he said, your mother's going to have math lessons, you know, she's going to get back in real life. And then, of course, meeting Sam, and they, he talked with her. But um, Sam was a pretty good guy. I think he, he might have been a little attracted too, but she was a married woman and she seemed happily married with three children, successful uh, kids. And he backed, he, you know, he probably remained a little bit of a friend of the family, maybe faded out after she came back from Iran. I thought that, that um, Daria was pretty attracted to Sam, actually. I think that she thought that he was different than the other Americans that she had met because he was very laid back. He was like a guitarist and, you know, he wasn't running around uh, trying to be like the most aggressive, most assertive person (laughs) at all times. So I thought she was actually pretty attracted to him. I didn't think necessarily she was going to do anything about it. But, um, you know, the way the story was written that I read, that her and her husband, you know, it didn't seem like it was some really close relationship but you know at the end of the story sam was kind of like i thought you know sort of like putting the vibe out a little bit he taught himself a persian song and i guess he wanted to see if it would go any place and you know daria she went with her friends to the coffee shop you know to see him and she invited her husband and her husband came to the coffee shop and he said that you know he said i tolerated sam like he knew that sam had had a crush on her he was aware of what was going on you know it wasn't like something that he was unaware of he might have understood it better actually than than um than than uh, daria did and I, I liked Parviz a lot when he said that because it, it showed that he really cared about his wife and also that he trusted her. 
and that um, he, you know, he understood that maybe, you know, sometimes people have certain things that are missing from their relationship and somebody comes along and it's it's tempting but it doesn't mean you're going to do anything about it so there was a real flirtation I thought going on with them but in the way she wrote it it didn't sound like it was going to go anywhere but you know it, it possibly could have under under different circumstances so I, I like that part of the story and um, after Ladon speaks, because I see he has his hands up, I, I think we should all back off and let uh, Donna through and see what she has to say as well. Yeah, I thought it was really well written that uh, here they are back in Iran. They're having a big party. All the young people are having fun. And she miss, uh, meets Mr. Dashi. And well, lo and behold... It's the, the the man that came to visit her, perhaps to marry her, his brother from Chicago, and she's what, and from California, and they're in Iran. What a small, small world, and it's believable because things like that has happened to me. Not quite that to that degree, but you know, I find it sometimes is a small, small world. Well, I'm hoping, I'm assuming we are all talking about the book and what we liked. Um, Hopefully you guys can hear me. I liked this book, and yes, um, it is very believable that the two met because it happens all the time. Um, Like for, I'll, I'll give an example. You have... You know, these centers for the blind, one out here. And it's it's so funny because you get two people who meet and they're both end up from Michigan or New York and they meet out here and they get together. It's weird, but it's it's definitely believable. Um, How funny, though, that that she was going to, her mom wanted her to marry the brother and, and it ends up that, she marries the other guy. It, that's so funny. Um, I did like the book. I really, really did. And, of course, Erin Jones always does a great job narrating. Um, I almost read the Audible version. Um, I, I uh, listened to the sample. And um, and I decided to read Erin Jones because I like her. But, yeah, I really, really liked the book. I I kind of felt sorry for, um, oh gosh, I forgot her name. Um, um, anyway, I felt sorry for her because she was kind of uh, alone, if you will, when all the kids were having a party and they, they thought she was going to be so American, but she kind of was, was both because she was raised that way. I think, were you thinking of Mina at the party at first? Till she met Mr. Ramin. I felt sorry for her cousin. I loved her cousin. But she said, you know, Mina, I'm going to be an old lady in Iran. And I hope we see each other again. Apparently they did make trips. So let's hope and, you know, if you could speculate and it was real life that they did. I I liked her cousin. She She was quite a lady. Hi, Leela. I'm so glad that, that you were able to come tonight. Um, in the beginning, um, we talked about um, how about the idea of her living on the hyphen, 
Um, so, which was really interesting way of, of looking at the story because you hear about like you know Iranian hyphen American, and of course I always think of the people as somebody who's American, but their family came from Iran. But I never really thought of the person as somebody who almost has one foot in one country and one foot in the other country. And I thought that was a really interesting way of, of looking at it. Um, and I, I really liked, you know, when, when we went, first went to Iran, I wasn't really sure what to think about um, Mina's cousin, Bita. Um, but at the end of the story, I thought she gave her some really excellent advice because Mina had gone into this store and she spoke with this Iranian artist who had lost his son in the war. And she was looking at all the paintings and it made Mina realize how much she really wanted to paint and not go to, I think she was going to business school. Um, and her cousin Bita said to her, you know, you're so lucky that you're in the United States that you're able to, you know, have education and, and do all kinds of things, and there's no reason why you can't go to business school and paint as well. And I thought that was really, um, you know, very sensible advice. Like she was telling her that there she is in Iran, and she has this sort of double life. Like they give all these wild parties, but then when they're in public, she can't even hold her boyfriend's hand, and she has to wear the special clothes and things like that. So, um, you know, there were a lot of, like, very um, poignant moments in the story, and Donna also wanted to let us know that she's having computer program, uh, computer program. So when I finish speaking, everybody else back off the mic, and let's let Donna just try to get through, and then we'll have everybody try again. So give it a try, Donna. Um, Michelle, I, I don't think you can hear me because I'm not hearing the normal um, beep um, when I put down the control uh, key. It, it sounds like something's wrong. If you could just let me know if you hear me, I'll let up now. Yeah, uh, I'm not Michelle. Donna, we hear you. And just one way, well, anyway, we're, we're hearing you. You're coming through nicely. Well, that's nice to know. Thank you, Bob. I just want to say that I love the book, and I was going to describe it as being very poignant in parts. I was wondering how much, as I read it, how much of the book was um, auto autobiographical. It seems to me probably a lot of it was. I like the dedication of the book when the author dedicated, to, dedicated it to her parents, and I think that Parthes, uh, the husband, Darius' husband, I think he knew her very, very well. He suggested the math group for her, and she liked that. And he suggested uh, the, that class that she should go to, and she ended up liking the evening class. What I didn't quite understand is why she why Daria would insist that she arrange a marriage for her daughter when it was clear that she wasn't perfectly happy in her own marriage she respected her husband she knew that he was a good and kind man and she did grow to love him but clearly she wanted more so that was never made clear to me why she insisted that she should be the matchmaker for her own daughter I'd be interested to hear uh, people's take on that well, I, I can try. It's culture. The, the, the battle between Americanization of, of uh, Daria and her culture. And ultimately, ultimately, Daria won. Mina also had their traditional marriage. 
Uh, I, she didn't say, oh, no, I'm not going to marry the living room. Oh, yes, 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 I want to marry him. She said, no. She went with tradition. Tradition is, is it's a battle between the West, America, the Beatles, what, what American girls do, and the tradition of the family. And uh, I can tell you that being, uh, you know, of Mexican descent, we have tamales at Christmas. We have certain, you go to midnight mass, you do certain things, which you should, but you go to church if, if you choose to. Um, you do these things as culture. And Ruth Ann has it with the, you go to Iowa, we're all Norwegians. The struggle, you know, that the certain things, cultural changes a little bit. So I think that's the reason, in my opinion, the struggle and, and Daria did it and Mina accepted the traditional marriage. Yeah, I, I do think a lot of it's cultural. I also think that um, she came here as an adult, the mother Doria. And I think that, you know, by the time you're an adult, everything's pretty well set. You know, it's kind of hard to change your values and the way that you see things. And I think she found America kind of intimidating. I think that a lot of the people here might have um, she found upsetting or you know she she had mentioned that one of the reasons why she liked Sam was that he was really laid back for an American he wasn't uh, very assertive or very aggressive he was a different type of, of American I guess than she met it, they moved to Queens New York so I, I can only imagine what you know what what kind of people since I'm from New York <laughs> that she might be running into on, on a daily basis so I think it, it might have just been more comfortable for her to see her daughter um, with somebody who had, you know, a, a similar type of, of background, even though I, I agree with you, Donna, that, that she, um, you know, probably had some ambivalence about her, her own marriage. Um, and as it turned out, I mean, you know, her husband really was was a good husband. And I think when she was away in Iran, she almost started appreciating him, you know, and, and um, so that was that was good as well. And I also wondered, um, what did you all think of the title, um, Together Tea? What, what did you think that it, that it meant? Yes, she uh, did have a very traditional wedding, but she got to choose her own husband. And I don't think that they necessarily had that traditional marriage. I think that they probably had children and they grew up very, very American and uh, lost little by little uh, the feeling of Iran that, that she had. So she had a very traditional wedding, but not necessarily a traditional marriage. Well, I wanted to say that I really liked Vita, too, in Iran, but I must say I worry for her because she seemed really careless in terms of not following the rules, and I was afraid she was going to get caught someday. As far as the tradition goes, they talk about how Daria and her two other friends who are from, I think, Korea and someplace else, I don't remember, that how they always did their math for exactly 45 minutes and didn't stray from the subject because... They were followers of rules, and they had a deep disrespect for people who did not follow the rules. And so perhaps Daria played matchmaker because those were the rules that she grew up with, and she felt that was her role. She really seemed to accept it pretty well, though, when Mina did pick her own guy. So that was a good sign. Yeah, I, I thought the funniest thing was that she thought she was going to be able to find a, a, a perfect husband for her daughter using a spreadsheet, though. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm a geek, and even I know better than that. But uh, 
Uh, I, I really liked the character Beta, Beta because she was, uh, she seemed to be kind of pushing back to the whole revolutionary thing. And I, I thought she was a, Michelle, you keep calling her cousin. I, I thought she was a friend. Was she related to, to Mina? Uh, 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 maybe I missed something. But, uh, and, and Don, I'll say we've been having trouble with the, the plug-in with the, the successful world stuff. So uh, the other night in the history room, we weren't hearing the chirp either. So that might be what you're experiencing. Yeah, I have it written down that she's a cousin um, so maybe somewhere in the story I, I felt it was, a, it was a cousin. And, Donna, if you want to, um, if you have something to say, because I saw you just raised your hand, um, after I finish speaking, we can back off and, and, and let you go through and, you know, and, and see, um, you know, what, what you wanted to, uh, to mention. Um, I did also think it was interesting that it was Mina rather than Daria that wanted to go to Iran for a two-week trip. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I would have thought Daria would have. I mean, she seemed so happy to see her family, and I thought it was really nice how the whole family came out to the airport at like four o'clock in the morning or whatever time they got in. Um, and and she, you know, and I, I I thought that it was you know I, I was I was surprised. I, I would have thought. I guess Daria it didn't occur to her maybe to go back or maybe she was even afraid to go back because it didn't seem like the the safest thing to do so it was i thought that was interesting and why don't we let donna donna go through now well i didn't really have anything that uh, important to add other than that i loved the the scene i found it so poignant when uh, Parthes comes to pick up his wife at the coffee shop and she's sitting with Sam and he said well I, I came early to pick up some of your other friends and I, I just felt I, I felt a little embarrassed for Dario when he came in and he started calling out hello hello and um, uh, Aaron Jones just narrated that part so perfectly I could see that really happening. I mean, here she is. She's in a class, and she's with um, she's with someone who she doesn't know well, but who she obviously has made a good impression on, and she wants to to keep his admiration. And then the real world comes in, and her husband is so so kind, and yet she really just didn't want to see him at that moment. I thought it was just such a, a true to life kind of experience. Yeah, I really like that scene also, and I really like Parviz, the way that he handled the situation, you know, that he said to his wife, oh, you know, I, Sam had a little crush on you, and, you know, like he, he handled it really, really nicely. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I, I just wondered, what does everybody think of the idea of matchmaking? Um, I, I've never done this, like, you know, they have these uh what is it, eHarmony or all these kind of things on the computer and stuff like that. And when I was listening to how she had spreadsheets, that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking like, uh, you know, it, it almost sounds like, a, a you know, you have like certain qualities that you're looking for or, or I don't know, whatever it is that you put in into these kind of spreadsheets or whatever it is. I, I thought it was a, an interesting way, and I wondered if it's similar to the way that people meet each other now on the internet that they have like these characteristics like these boxes and stuff that they they check off so i don't know there's a lot of different ways like lulu was saying sometimes you go someplace and you meet somebody who's from where you are so there's a lot of ways to meet people 
I actually liked the title Together Tea, especially when when well for, you know when I first heard the title I'm like I actually I I kind of what I do sometimes is I get the book both on Bard or Bookshare and so therefore I can read it in Braille on Bookshare because I like to look at the spelling. I love to read books with my fingers, you know. And so when I saw that, I'm like, I want to see how this is spelled. Together T. Is it together T or T? You know, T. Yeah. And it was. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. So then when I found out what it really was, and then when Aaron Jones said, you know, we have together T. And I loved it. It was perfect. And it, it, it really was. I think we're talking about our, 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 the scenes that we think of. One of the scenes that will stick out to me is when they're taking a walk in Iran. Her, her grandfather, her mother. And um, she asks an innocent question. She says, what are those red lamps for? Something like that. And her grandfather just totally loses it. Well, you guys have us by the throat. You. And poor girl, she moves as a child. But as an adult, she's still an American. And, and, and it's so sad because she had nothing to do with the move. Whereas her mother isn't even, you know, her mother is his daughter. And therefore, she's still Iranian. But yet, her child is not. I just thought it was so sad. And then when the grandfather realized, you know, he said he was sorry. But still, to me, the damage was kind of done to her. I I felt bad for her. I really did. She was in... She was she was raised... All of the, the children were raised in both cultures, but... <clears throat> they they had like you said Michelle I think it was they had their foot in both countries and when she was with her Iranian friends she was kind of alone and when she was with um you know other people in America she was alone and it was it was kind of sad and um I was going to say something else and I forgot but there you go yeah I thought the author did do a good job of making things poignant um, somebody mentioned earlier that about the coincidence of her meeting the brother in Iran. And I think in a, a book written by a lesser author, that would have seemed incredibly contrived. And let's face it, it is a bit contrived. But it was believable in this book thanks to the quality of the writing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was so unbelievable that she would meet um, a, a, an American uh, person whose family came from Iran, or maybe they had been born in Iran. It was a little, it was kind of funny that they turned out to be brothers, but it was sort of humorous, too, I think, also. And I liked a lot of the little details that she put into the story, like um, Ramin, when, when he had gone back to Iran to see his grandmother, who was dying, and he risked being um, called up for military service by going back, because I guess he was... Probably, um, I don't know if he was an American citizen or an Iranian citizen. I'm not really sure. But, I, I, you know, I thought that was, like, I, I had a real sense, like, of the risk and, and something that I think being Americans, we don't really take for, that we take for granted sometimes. There was a real sense of restriction and confinement and, and risk. Um, you know, just the fact that they have to dress a certain way, that men and women can't, you know, be seen together. 
um, you know, all the different things. And also I remember when they went back into Iran, when they were leaving Iran, you know, she had that Barbie doll that fell out and, and they had problems leaving the country. And then when they were coming back in, you know, many countries don't recognize dual citizenship. And she mentions in the story that it took them years and years to get their American passports. So I guess they probably had an American passport and, and they had Iranian passports from when, when they left. So these were like all these little details that when you were reading the story, besides all the customs that she mentioned, you know, especially the wedding. I, I love the wedding at the end where they asked the bride, you know, do you take this man? And she's like, no, <laughs> you know, and I just thought in an American wedding, can you imagine, right, you know, that they say, do you take this man? And they're like, oh, no, I don't think so, you know, they, and they ask again and they ask again and everybody in the crowd was yelling out, you know, oh, you know, you could do better or whatever. It was all these kind of like details that I thought made the story very warm, I thought, that I, I really like that, those details in the story. I think that. Darla's husband, the doctor, was much more comfortable living in his own skin and as an American than his wife was. What do you think? I would definitely agree with that, and I liked Parvis a lot. He was one of my favorite characters, too. I think Alan mentioned that earlier, that he liked him a lot, too. I liked him very much, too. And, and um, one thing I wanted to mention that drove me a little nuts, and I guess it's a cultural thing, was that exaggerated politeness. Do you want a cookie? Oh, no, I don't want a cookie. Do you want cake? No, no, no. Um, I, I wonder if that's still true in today's modern culture, where people don't always say what they mean, and they sort of want to not want to be begged, but in order to be proper, have to be convinced that they should partake of a of a delicacy or, or, or just as a snack of some kind. You know, I'm from New York, and we cut right to the chase. It doesn't mean that we're rude, but we like to just get to the point. And so I found that uh, politeness uh, drove me a little crazy, but I also found it interesting because it was a part of their culture that I didn't know about. So I, I learned something new. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting, too. I, I certainly would have a hard time with it because if somebody's going to offer me a cookie, I'm going to take it right off the bat. And, uh, uh, yeah, I agree, LaDon. I think uh, Parvis was a lot more comfortable uh, in America than, than Daria was. Uh, he, uh, uh, I mean, he was, uh, he was always quoting all those the homilies and stuff about, you know, trying to make himself better and stuff. I thought that was really he, – he was pretty cool, I thought. But uh, uh, she, she was uh, – she was having a lot more difficult time leaving her, leaving Iran behind. I think, and uh, uh, I think he uh, he adopted his adopted country. He he settled in a lot a lot easier. One of the lines I really liked when they got to Iran and Mina had to go out, you know, dressed conservatively, was the author described it as Mina has been drained of color and left in black and white. I thought that was really well written and I, I like that line enough that I wrote it down I have to say Michelle and Sherry I love the books that you guys choose because um, like this one I love different cultures I love learning about different customs like the wedding that was hilarious I'm like well, it was so funny she didn't 
It's like, wait, 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 what did you just say? Did you say she's, did you say she's not going to marry this guy? You know, but I have to say, I love learning different customs, different cultures. It's, it's so fun. I wanted to get back to the self-help books for a minute. I I just, I just found, uh, uh, Parthis or Parnese, whatever his name is, so so funny and so appealing. I mean, he tried so hard and he'd burst into jumping jacks and things like that. Personally, if I had to live with him, it would have driven me crazy. But I really liked his his character and he was definitely more comfortable with himself. But I did want to mention that I think it was very American how his uh, boss at the pizza place said, well, I'll call you Dave, because the name was different. He wasn't familiar with it. He probably figured he wouldn't remember it or he couldn't pronounce it. So he just said, I'll call you Dave. And that's the way it is somehow. People don't accept others who are different. They they just want them to fit a mold. And so that's why he wanted to call him Dave, even though that wasn't his name. Um, I saw your name pop up there, Michelle, but we weren't hearing you, so I'm not sure what happened there. Um, yeah, I think, well, Parvis was just so likable. He'd be so much fun to just hang out with, but you're right. He might be a little hard to live with. The one thing I didn't like in the book that she did several times, and I don't tend to like this in any book, is where they talk about somebody's dreams. I just find that really boring, and I don't think it usually adds to the book that much. Do, do you guys like that plot technique? No, I don't care for it either. I must not care for it either because I've totally wiped it out of my mind, those scenes. Alan, I'm glad I'm not alone. I'm trying to think about what that was all about, so I must not like it either. (laughs) Well, I have to take notes to make sure I have enough to talk about, so that's one thing I wrote down. Another thing I wrote down that was a minor point but stood out for me was they mentioned Halloween and how scary it would be for foreigners who... um, came from a country where there was a lot of violence, it would be a really hard thing to adjust to Halloween, I would think. You know what? That's a good point. And I had never thought of that. But when I heard, because they went through, you know, they had just went through the bombings and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you have blood and gore. And they're like, whoa. You don't think about things like that. And then, and then, and then, Sherry, you just reminded me. How about how about when they had when they spoke loudly because they're foreign? It's like, wait a minute. Just because I don't speak English doesn't mean that you have to yell. That kind of reminds me of how people treat us when you know, since we're blind. Yeah, I was going to say we've all experienced that. Well, I think this little doubt that Amer- uh, Americans in general need need a good dose of uh, of uh, uh, cultural acceptance and and and. Uh, adopting other people's customs and and taking them for what they are not thinking we all ought to be alike because we've got a bad rap for that and i think it's probably well deserved yeah i would have to agree it was interesting in the book though she had some iranians who thought they knew exactly what americans would be like too and they were way off so i think probably in every country there's a large group of people that think they know what people from other countries are like, and and they just generalize and lump them all into one stereotype. You know, we that reminds me. Originally, we talked about what, knowing English when they came, but I uh, every country I've been in, the, the local people generally speak English. That's of course Europe, and I don't know how it is in the Middle East, but uh, the 
educated Iranians would probably know English. How is that? That's, that's always been weird to me. How is it that people in other countries know English? I mean, if I were an Arabian or a Jew or an Iranian, I wouldn't want to learn English. I would want, you know, why would I need to? And I'm not trying to be cruel. It's kind of like, I don't, I mean, if, you, if you're in America, I think you should learn English. If I'm in Iran, I think I should learn their language. But why is it that other countries speak English? Yeah, it's always interesting on the news when there's an earthquake or something else that happens in some other country. The news people don't seem to have any problem finding somebody to talk about it in English. I think it's because English is a pretty dominant language, if not the dominant language these days in the world in terms of business. And I think if you want to get ahead, you would be smart to learn English. And I think in this country, if you want to get ahead, you'd be smart to learn Spanish so that you'd be bilingual. But I think in most other countries, if they want to learn a second language other than their native tongue and they want to go to college and maybe come to the United States or Western Europe, they'd be smart to learn English just for business reasons and practical reasons. I kind of remember for a few years, it was, it was a lot of engineering types were learning Japanese, but I don't think that is it. I think the English is that way. If you want to be a pilot or in the airline, airline business, you've got to know English. It's, it's, it's used worldwide on the uh, communications. Well, does anyone else have any final comments? If not, um, I noticed Michelle must have gotten kicked out of the room. So if um, I'll wait and see if anybody has any final comments, and then I'll talk about the next month's book. Okay. Um, Michelle could – next month is Michelle's book, so she could talk about it more than me, but it's called The Sweetheart, and it's by Angelina, and the last name is Mirabella. Which nice musical name, M-I-R-A-B-E-L-L-A. The DB number is 81005. And I pasted this information up in the chat window. If you hit F9 and arrow down, um, I think Donna has a comment there. And then you'll, hear, you'll see my name and you'll see the name of the book, author, and DB number. And we will meet again on Thursday, February 4th. And again, the DB number is 81005. The book is called The Sweetheart, and it's by Angelina Mirabella, M-I-R-A-B-E-L-L-A. And it's a historical fiction book that takes place in the 50s. And believe it or not, it has female wrestling in it. So, uh, you know, for anybody that has any period interest in that, maybe this is the book for you. But apparently it's more a book about um, the role of women trying to, you know, have their own career at the time. And this is the career this woman picked. And the... Um, the whole world of female wrestling in the 50s. And I don't know about you guys, but I I guess wrestling was big in the 50s. I can remember my dad watching wrestling and cheering on all these actors, which they really were, and apparently this woman is too. So this uh, might be a real interesting change of pace, and it's relatively short. I, I don't remember the length right offhand, though. Well, that that sounds interesting. They need to throw in some roller derby, too, and then we'd, we'd have it all. But uh uh, thanks for everybody's comments tonight. I really enjoyed the discussion, and uh, I hope everybody's having a good 2016, and uh, uh, have, everybody has a good weekend upcoming. Thank you. Good night, everybody. And thank you. I'm glad I could make it. And Sherry, thank you so much for replying to my panicked emails. 
Hi, everybody. I'm very sorry. Um, I don't know if we discuss the next book, so since everybody's here, I'll just mention it. Uh, sorry, Michelle, you just disappeared again. Um, yeah, we did discuss the next book. Um, yeah, you're welcome, Leela. I had exactly the same problem. Um, so that's why I left my email open and checked it periodically to see if anyone was writing emails about getting in. So I was glad you were able to join us, and thanks for everybody's contribution. It was a good discussion. Um, okay. Um, I'll just mention a little bit about the book since people are still here. Um, it's called The Sweetheart, and the author is Angelina Marabella. And um, it was, I thought it was just a great book. Um, it's, it's about a young woman who grows up in uh, Pennsylvania, and she just graduated from high school, and she's working in this diner, and she doesn't really have that much of a future. And her friend invites her to go with her on this dance show, this local dance show, like um, American Bandstand or something like that. And on the show, she does this kind of acrobatic move, and um, the next day, when she goes to the diner, this man is there, and it turns out he's a wrestling promoter. And he actually had seen her on the television, and he invites her to go to Florida to learn to be a female wrestler. And it was just really fascinating, because you don't have to know anything about the sport. Um, and what it really was, was a story about like the 1950s and the way that men lived and the way women lived and the different roles that people had. And there's also a lot of different family relationships that were in the story. And she has a very good friend and there's that relationship. So it was like a family story, a coming of age story, but it was set in this world of female wrestling, which is a world that I knew absolutely nothing about. And she explains everything, like, you know, she doesn't go into excruciating detail, but she explains everything that you need to know sort of the psychology of, of, of the sport and why people like it and things like that. So um, I hope that you'll all give it a try. Um, I found it really, really entertaining and fun and enjoyable. So it's called The Sweetheart, and the author is Angelina Marabella, and the DB number is 81005. It sounds interesting to me. Um, you guys all have a great evening. And uh, Happy New Year. Just writing down the number. Thank Good night, all.